Okay, so this is can a man be vulnerable? Yeah. Is it safe? Is or it is safe? It, or is it can I? I put, I put, is it is safe? Is it safe? Ooh, that's a, that's an actual good question. All like, right. Quest, questions are good titles. You're listening to the Father and Father podcast with Father John McKenzie and Jason A. Smith. I thought us two could sit down and actually, yeah, put a podcast together and see, see what happens and see who we inspire. Two men being black men, being from the city of Detroit and being Catholic in itself. You put those together, that that's going to be rare. We want to just be two brothers talking and see what happens. Well, we back, Jason. Yes, we are. Episode nine. Man, it's, it's, it's up. Ticking and talking. It's up, bro. <laughs> it's up. It's great, too, to have your sons here as we record. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. I had my, my youngest do a, um, a little intro for us. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, I can't wait to hear it. I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to hear it. Well, we're going to jump right in. Uh, today's topic is, is it safe to be vulnerable as a man? Mm. That's a really deep question, honestly. Yeah, and it, it comes from um, how we started, you know? Yeah. We opened ourselves up when we uh, when we did those six episodes to, uh, you know, reveal who we are. Yeah. And I think that kind of sparked something um, in me and you because we had to... We had to like really open up, yeah, know, to tell bro. the truth. You know, we did, we so. did. So, what's up? Can 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 a man be vulnerable? Um, can I? You know, you can. I, can I ask that and ask myself that? You, you mind? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So, I feel like yes, it's needed. Um, I think in my forties, for some reason, I'm forty two now. In my 40s, I've become more vulnerable, for sure. Uh, I'm probably at my most vulnerable state right now. I think a lot of it has to do with me raising uh, two kids. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, and just reflecting back on my own upbringing and childhood. And, you know, I'm just I'm just so not afraid to, to talk about who I am. Um, you know, recently I, I posted on my social media, I was coming back from my, my mom's house where my niece and nephew are. And every night we usually have dinner unless I have something else going on in the mo- in the evening. And, um, I pass by every so often I'll pass by this motel. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, it's not. It's on the way to Thurston. Actually, so okay, yeah. you, you might pass by it too. Anyway, passed by the motel, and I was like, I got, I gotta, I gotta post this. And I shot up photo of the front part of the motel, and I just mentioned that you know I used to live there. I mm-hmm. used to live there with my mom. We lost a house. We were homeless, and my mom. We had to find some place to stay in that motel was the place where we stayed um, for a few weeks. And uh, people were like, you know, I posted on Facebook, posted on Instagram, but on Facebook, you know, you can do that little care hug or whatever. And a lot of people were posting it. And then, you know, some people made comments like, oh, you know, you know, I forgot whatever, whatever they were saying. And I actually edit the comment to say, oh, I didn't mean to say that for you to get all this like, love in this way you know that that care bear in a way it was just a fact of my life right and i've just got to the point where i'm comfortable 
now with sharing those very vulnerable facts of my life. And it's, it's so, I feel so good about it. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel fear anymore. Like, yeah, a brother was homeless. Yeah. (laughs) You, you peeling back layers. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I guess it's a different time of, uh, of your life to reveal those things yeah. so that more can be revealed. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where, where that goes. So what's up? Can you be vulnerable? Are you vulnerable? Well, my story is, um, it got, it got started. It got really deep when I got in the men's group mm-hmm. over at St. Scholastica. And it was like, man, it just came out of nowhere. But, but I wanted to be, you know, we all want to be a part of something. Yeah. You know, and I didn't I didn't realize it, but I got with a group of guys and, man, it was just stories that started to come out over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean long. I mean, we did this for like eight years. And, you know, sometimes they would pull it out of me. Mm-hmm. And because you're more you're you're more introverted anyway. Yeah, I am. So. So. Yeah. To, so. So, uh, yeah, it's funny you say that, because now I'm thinking about it like there were things that I would say. Like, I do remember one time that we were we just happened to be talking about suffering. Mm-hmm. And it was a there was like a long pause. Mm-hmm. And then Bob said something from across the table. He was like, because you're suffering. Wow. And that stuck with me like. Yeah, I am. Yeah. You know, that was, I think that was during the time that the, the divorce was going on or the separation. Right. But, you know, to to elaborate even further on that, man, it's, it's difficult for guys to open that door. And I say that because when I was going through all of that, yeah, there were, I think I could almost count. I remember I had wrote them down at one point. There was about a dozen guys that I had talked to. Yeah. That I was explaining my story yeah. about, you know, she's leaving me and, you know, this this I didn't I didn't outright say that this hurts, but they could tell. Right. You know, what what about the kids and all this and, and I I felt valid in my desire to hold on to the marriage, but man, it was like it was almost like every single time I was almost done with telling my story. Like I said, a dozen guys started to open up about their current relationship. Wow. And some of them were about about to get divorced at the same time. Wow. So like one was already divorced. No, I think two. Two of them were already divorced. So they were ready to be open. Yeah. Um I think three guys had had gone through the same thing probably within a year. Yeah. Either, you know, before, during, or after. Two of them had got divorced before I did during this process wow. and not even knowing. This is like, wow. and all of these pieces are are breaking down. And I'm like, I'm like, man, if I never said anything, I wouldn't know no. from these dozen guys. Exactly. Like, exactly. So that's kind of what sparked, that's really what sparked the topic because I keep, I keep bringing that up. And I'm like, we got to be open. No, we do. I, I have to say, like, in my friend group now of men, mm-hmm. I don't think there is one that I'm not, that we're not mutually vulnerable with each other. Right. And I've come to appreciate that. Actually, I didn't even think about that till you were just talking about it, like, just now. And you don't, you, yeah. that's the thing yeah. about us as men, yeah. is you don't see it until it's, like, right, right in your, in your face. face. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. it's got to be right in your face. Because, yeah. I mean, like, like, like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it like these guys probably never would have told anybody any yep. of that. Yep. And, and it, but, it, see, it takes somebody to be vulnerable, especially, a, like you said, with men. It takes one man to finally say what's up, what's going on, yeah. and then people start to open up. Um, one of the things I uh, have been affiliated with was, was is BMO, Better Men Outreach. Okay. Um, so Isaac and Don, they founded it. They've um, refounded BMO, Better Men Outreach, in different different ways. And uh, they had this thing. So basically the program is like this. is an hour of basketball and then one hour what they call a sacred hour where they get in the circle or they sit and they have a discussion. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a guest speaker. Most of the time it's a, a circle and it's a topic that everyone gets to ha- have some input in. And then they do another hour of basketball. Well, I was able to follow them at St. Charles Luanga, also at Corpus Christi where the original BMO started. And the vulnerability that I experienced from these young men that were in very tough situations was was powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember one dude talking about, you know, his 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 baby mama getting shot, you know, and wow. and you know, the bullet was for them, you know, for him, you know, and just some real, real like some real street stuff, you know what I'm saying? Just right. coming out. And that was a moment for me where I thought, okay, the rest of my like priestly ministry has to be tied in some shape or fashion with this BMO, but also with this ability to be vulnerable. Because yeah. I saw if one guy opens up, yep, everybody opens up. Yeah, it's like know? it's like a, a a stream of dominoes. Yeah, and it'll just it'll it'll just it'll work itself out. And that's that's what I, I'm thinking about is when you say that me being an introvert, it's like the guys that I was talking to. Yeah, I knew these guys, mm-hmm. you know. So like, it it may take me a while to warm up to certain people, but like if I was in the BMO, it would be different because the vulnerability is already set. Right, right, right. You know, and that's right. and that's the type of atmosphere you're stepping into. Right. So that's why I think that us as men. And it's funny because I'm usually talking about a lot of this on uh, on TikTok. That, I know, I know, I saw, I saw, I saw yeah. that. Um, we got to create that space. Yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta create that 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 atmosphere by not necessarily just jumping into the vulnerability, but you know, like really introducing ourselves to somebody in a in a way to say, "Hey, I'm here if you need me." Yeah, you know, and that's and I think that subconsciously especially when we slow down as men you know outside of our our busyness of life and work and family you got to find a way to 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 see yourself in another guy yeah in order to break that ice and i mean at first for me it was like it was difficult because i didn't know i didn't even know that all of this stuff existed right right you know i didn't know what what emotions were and and you know some how all of these sins were affecting right. me and all of this other right. stuff because that's sometimes what we got to do is like we got to admit that we were wrong Precise. in certain aspects Precise. of life yep. before we can really open ourselves up to say okay I was wrong but I was also wronged at the same time exactly or or in in, in any order really. yeah I agree so uh, bro like 
honestly, you know, on the same topic, when I think of like in our community, black men, you know, we're portrayed often as, you know, I don't know, you know, macho, hard, tough, Mm -hmm. whatever it is that we can kind of deal with, whatever, you know, we got the meme mug. Meme mug, no smile. Yeah, Yeah, no smile. I also think of like rappers, you know, obviously I grew up in the um, 80s and 90s. And so like, you know, Jay-Z, Nas, like all these dudes, if you see like the body of work that they put together, like early body of work is definitely more of that, you know, that rough, that rugged, rough, yeah. rugged uh, I'm in the game, I know what I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. Like you look, you listen to Jay-Z's last album, 444, is very vulnerable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's putting everything out. Yeah. And so and even like Nas, like not 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 this album, his his most recent one, the the there was a three volume set he called uh King's Disease and that was like very vulnerable, but at a different place. Like he's talking about now how, you know, instead of talking about, you know, slanging drugs on the streets, he's talking about how he's moving you know, making deals with Amazon and this type of right type of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, it's just to say like I've seen a progression in men as they get older. Uh, the the only thing is we don't have just like we see in like you know in our in rap music. So many of our young guys just don't get the chance to grow and get older oh, yeah. to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know they don't they don't. A lot of our guys don't get to the four 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 album, right? Yeah, like your Tupac's and Biggies, they never they get shot. They, ne- they never saw that. Yeah. They get killed. Yeah, and it's and it, it continues to happen. And you know, we had two people in our in our school, two young um, girl first grade, a uh, girl seventh grade, who lost their brothers. Um, mm. Both of them weren't past twenty one. Wow, know? and. Um, it's like, what are we doing? You know, so, uh, I mean, I'd love to get your take on it. I mean, you have a high schooler right now. What's your take on looking back at your life, but also, like, how do you help your young son in high school to be more vulnerable and less, you know, I don't know, tough or... Man, it's funny because... Uh, gang, 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 gang. Like... Man, I've been to, in the past couple of years, I've been to quite a few funerals, probably about a dozen. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of started with COVID, but it, it trickled off into a lot of other reasons. And I I kind of opened myself up to my son. And he, he's, man, my oldest son, Trenton, he's got the, man, he's got the biggest heart that I know. Mm. Um, And it's funny, and I'm, I'm going to tell a story about Yanny. Um in a minute, but I've known that he has that and it's something that he's, he's holding on to it Mm. until he gets to a certain age, I think Mm -hmm. to where it's really going to open up. Like he likes Mm -hmm. to write music. He Mm -hmm. likes to, he likes to play music. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, I think it's poetry as well. So he's Mm -hmm. spilling out things through his pen and he's an artist. He's a really good painter. Okay. This is Trenton. Yeah, this is Trenton. Gotcha. Um, and it's and it's not he's not painting buildings or people. It's just like a real artsy type of 
I'm going to do whatever this canvas tells me to do, mm-hmm. you know? So he's got like, he's got like a really big heart. And then, um, I think it's just, it's unique to learn from him. Cause I always tell my oldest son, I'm like, look, when you came into this world, you got life, but I became a father. Oh, so wow. we're both learning at the right. very same time right. of how this is supposed to go. Right. So, and I often think of my dad, yeah, you know, and how, you know, I'm his only son. Mm. And I can see those things of being a father and how, you know, the things that I've learned in the men's group, mm-hmm. how a lot of these things are like they're they're manifesting itself in a certain way where the Lord is saying, okay, I'm your father, mm. but you have a son and both of you are my child. Oh, come on. This brother is so this brother about to go to, so go I, to church. So I told I always tell my son, I'm like, look, you got a you got a much better father in heaven. Mm. Come and, on. And and I'm gonna tell you this, man. Charles Frierson, mm-hmm. great friend of mine, he used to live down the street from me. He told me this. And I always tell people this. I'm like, he said, because he had a he had a child in an early age, I think coming out of high school. He said, mm. Tell your kids everything. Give yeah. give it all to them. Yeah. Like they can handle it. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me because I had to think about it like, yeah, they're not going to break. Right. You know, like give it all to them. Like, you know, like we, we a lot of times we've been we've wanted to shelter children from. And I don't I don't mean necessarily the things that will scandalize them to where it'll it'll, it'll put them in a in a position where they're very vulnerable. Right. But I mean, like. Just teaching them everything that is out in the world that is that could possibly happen. Yeah. Like they'll they'll compute it and download it and understand it. So being vulnerable with him, man, it's like like I said, when I was going through those funerals, he was like he was just giving me a hug. Wow. You know, like and, and I didn't know I didn't know he was that big hearted. Wow. You know. That's beautiful. And and one more thing, yeah, and I, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Jenny. Um, she's been she's had cancer for seven years. Okay, now tell me who is Jenny? Jenny is somebody that, that I met on TikTok. Okay, and she from the block. And matter of fact, that's her tag name on I believe Instagram. It okay. Might be on TikTok as All well. Right. But huge story, huge mm-hmm. huge story. She's been in and out of cancer facilities for a number of years. I just met her like a year ago. Okay. And the way that it transpired was, and this Trenton is very connected with this. Mm-hmm. This is why it's important. Um, when I first went over there and, you know, cause a lot of people were saying, yeah, she needs a lot of prayer. And, mm-hmm. and, and these are people from all over the country that are telling me, you know, she's in your city. I'm like, really? She used to be in my lives and things like that. And so, you know, I went by, knocked on the door, went in, she was asleep. Mm. And it was a hospice nurse there. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I left and, you know, she started to message me and like, you know, all of these things started to transpire. I'm like, she said, I wish you would have woke me up. But I started going back over there again, but we started to connect as a community. We, mm. I would go over there and pray to Rosby, Rosary. Um, I met her husband, of course, and all three of her children. Wow. I went to her youngest son's first communion I took the kids over there and her, 
I believe her oldest is the same age as my youngest. So we're transitioning clothes. Wow. So this is like, like I said, seven years in and out of cancer facilities. And I don't know how she does it. I remember one time I went over there, prayed a rosary. She went and had a test and and the tumor was gone. Wow. And I'm like, wow. Like, Lord, are you working through me? Of course he is. Yes. But won't he do it? But I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's met the archbishop, but mm. the story transpires like this. Trenton is going through confirmation during a lot of this stuff happening. Mm-hmm. He's got to select a confirmation saint. Mm. And, you know, I'm just, I'm putting stuff out on the internet, like who should he choose and all of this other stuff. I'm like, and even he and I sat down one-on-one and we went through probably like 20 of them. Mm-hmm. And he chose Padre Pio. Mm. And that's who, who, uh, Jenny is really connected to. She wow. has a strong, strong connection with Project Bio. Right. So the last time we went over there, and this is where it gets really deep, like, you know, she was really barely even speaking. Mm. And I had to get really close to understand what she was saying. And this is this is like she, her and her and Trenton were talking or, you know, he was holding her hand mm. and she was in a lot of pain. And and he just he felt connected with her for some reason. And and she's, she's got this oil from Padre Pio. You go in her house, she's got like, I don't know, she, she may have some second crafts relics and, wow. and all of this stuff all over the wall. Of course, cars and stuff from everybody. But, you know, they, they were in there talking. I don't know if he was getting something from her, but I went in there and he walked out and she told me in a, in a, in, in a voice where she was struggling, she was like, he has a big heart. Mm. And you have to protect him. Oh my gosh! Wow. And man, that floored me. Man, I almost fell into tears when she said that because wow. nobody else knows that outside of me and a few other people in the Lord. Yeah. For her to get that from him, it it, it affirms so much about my son. Wow, that's beautiful. And and it it just and I say that because he's a very vulnerable kid. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is he's he's not again he's like me he's introverted, mm-hmm. but I can tell in the things that he says in some of his poems that you know he he has a deep heart yeah and a richness for he's he's really attached to younger boys yeah he wants to teach his brothers yeah you know and I think that that's a there's something there that gives him um, not necessarily a teaching charism it yeah. may be yeah but a uniqueness for people he wants to be involved with. Mm. Like I said, with Jenny and his boys, he's out there playing basketball with them. And of course he's my son, the same, same height as me. He's almost six, six feet, but you know, it is showing me that I need to be like that. Like I almost want to be like my son. Like I want to have that big heart. I want to be open in certain ways where I can see certain things. He's extremely exp- inspiring to me. Well, that's be- bro, that's that's beautiful. That's powerful. That's like that's dad power right there. Hey, man. We got to bring him in. Yeah, we're gonna have to bring him in. You you know, uh, you 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 mentioned something too that that I I think I want to be a little vulnerable uh, about, and that I didn't maybe even mention on these other ones was, you know, you talked about your relationship with, uh, you know, you had your dad and and mom under the same roof. Uh, I didn't grow up with my dad in the house, um, and we did not have a relationship uh, 
I would say an authentic relationship up until I got a little bit older, maybe once I hit middle school when I was living already in St. I was living in, by the time I had a real relationship with my father, I was already living in St. Louis with my grandparents. So it would be oh, by okay. phone yeah. or, you know, when I come up in the summer. Um, and, and so he got sick. Uh, unfortunately he passed away of, uh, complication of diabetes and I remember when I left to go to Rome it was in 2003 and at that point he was already you know you could he was already on dialysis this and the other and I would talk to my auntie I was like you know you know should I go or you know should I stay and help him and my aunt was like no 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 you he'll be okay you know you you gotta live your life and go where God has called you um but we continued that relationship when I was living in, in Italy for 13 years. Um, you know, be a call at least once a month. And we really got to know each other uh, via phone calls uh, mm-hmm. throughout throughout the rest of his life. Um, and uh, that really, like, like, when I look at, you know, other situations of me now raising two kids um, or helping to raise two kids because my mom is primarily doing it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think of that growing up when I didn't have my father. So I'm like, I'm like overly involved in my niece and nephew. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm like, it's like, as you probably know, like I'm very methodical, so it's all in my calendar. But it's like, it's like a we're like the military during the week. It's like we do we do language. You know, I'm teaching them French, Italian, and Spanish. We do a book. We do two books a day. I mean, it's like it's it's the rigor roar. And I'm like, these kids will never think that I was not present to them. They will. Right. That will be the last thing they were gonna say. Uncle is like always here, you know, mm-hmm. or they're going to be like, where were you when you were not here? Um, <laughs> right. And so and th- and that kind of happens now. Like if I had a di- like I was just there now and it's like, hey, we got to go record. And they're like, oh, we wanted to have movie night, you know. Um, so for me, it's like I kind of I didn't experience like what you experienced. I also feel like I don't understand like what you just described about your son. I don't understand it. We have this in all communities, but in a special way, it's affected our black men where they're not as involved with their kids' lives, especially their boys. And the effect that that has on the young man's life as he grows up, I just, I do not understand that. And I think that's kind of tied in this whole macho-ness and and all that. But it's like, we are just, again, talk about being an op, obstacle we talked about that in that last one not in this one i'm getting old and senile (laughs) but talking about being an obstacle here's another obstacle to growing our community when we hold back our young men who have not had a relationship with their father and it's just i find it to be unimaginable Mm -hmm. to not to be a president like when i can't make it to my mom's house in the evening I'm like, I'm visibly like, I I didn't make it. Like, I failed. I failed. I failed. I didn't make it. Or when I have to go out of town, you know, I'm like, I'm calling. I'm making sure. 
And a, a little bit of that I need to be less pressured about, of course. Yeah. You it, know. I do want to touch on that yeah. because there is a, a level of wisdom. And this is something that I've actually shifted in recent weeks mm-hmm. is that the quality is so much more important than, than the, the quantity. quantity. Yes. Yeah. If you're yes. there. Yeah. If you're not there, we can't measure either. Right, right, right. As, I agree. And, and I say that especially as men because we're not the primary nurturers. Right. They're supposed to, children are supposed to see us. Right. And, and feel us in a specific way. But it's like sometimes I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm in my room doing my thing on my computer and I'm right. editing and I'm like, man, could I be doing something with the, with the kids? And at the same time, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, they're okay. Yeah. And I'm like, the fact that I thought about it, I think is, is, is it's gonna, already on your conscience. Yeah. So yeah. I, it means that I'm going to wind up doing something exactly. later on. Exactly. So I got to get to that. I'm not there. Cause, yeah. Cause like, sometimes you feel like you, if you don't do something, you may feel guilty. Yeah. I, and that's, that, that is like a real thing for me. Like, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, okay, it's six o'clock, I haven't got there yet, or I got to do this, how will I, you know, be able to be with my niece and nephew, but also do all my other priestly stuff, but I'm like, you're right, it's all, it it needs to be more quality or quantity, but see, my mom and I, we've split up jobs, like, I do all school stuff, so I go through their book bag, Um, you know, like, if there's work they need to do, or, you know, permission slips, like, that's kind of like my job, so I kind of have to like make sure I get over there, but um, yeah. I, going back to that like macho ness and all that. I mean, I don't know, man. I think we really got to look at ourselves in a in a in a new way. Um, I don't think I don't think we need to like let. I think there's something healthy about a little what we call virility. Right to be virile, to be manly, to be a little oh, yeah. macho. Yeah, I think we that's got, a we gotta have that. Yeah, that that's like that's part of the package deal, right? Yeah, that's um, the going fishing and shooting guns exactly, and all of that stuff. Like, exactly, that's, like that's just who we are as men. Like we we've gotta have that because we've got testosterone. Exactly, we've, we've gotta it's, exactly. and it's gotta move. Exactly, it's gotta know? move. And and uh, you know, I just took my actually I took my nephew his first fishing trip, and you know, he had so much fun. But we have to balance that with being able to be vulnerable. And I think humility is a little bit tied into that. And this could be a whole nother episode about (laughs) how do we help our young men today navigate life Mm -hmm. and navigate their emotions to where if I stepped on your shoe, that shouldn't automatically mean there's a nine millimeter pointed at yeah. my head. Yeah, that's and I think that's where BMO comes in. Yeah, and I, I want to be clear when I say shooting guns, I, I think I should have said like shooting deer. Yeah, like, no, I mean <laughs> and, uh, you know target practice, even you, all even that. if you go yeah. to the range, yeah, yeah, those type of things. Yeah, yeah, like I think that that is because I think there's a level of when you become a, a certain level of these these masculine things that we do when we get into those things. Yeah. Then we can also see the softer side of ourselves because we can look back and say, what am I doing when I'm not doing these things? Exactly. So you're starting to broaden yourself as a man. You spread your wings and you open yourself up to to new horizons. Yeah. And then you have those conversations that men's groups have and you're having after basketball games. Right. And, and, and that 
you want to say certain things, of course, you may not be the first one. Right. That will break the ice. And yeah. it you once like I said, once you've created that space, regardless of who it is, then it becomes a lot easier. And I think that's when we kind of separate ourselves from all of the things that are going on, like social media and yeah, and all of the the rigmarole, music, 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 all of that. I stuff. mean, right now, like you know, here I'm not going like people like you know, <laughs> like I, I think I'm getting old now because I'm like I'm becoming one of these old men, like you know, them drill rappers now. You know about them drill rappers, but there, I don't know, man. There's something. It's like we're 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 almost like destroying our own culture we are yeah from that standpoint we absolutely are and it 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 had its place in the 90s yeah where that that negative seed was planted and i think and we're and we're we're, and we're we're killing like like these young dudes are these young dudes are young bro like i I was gonna say we so too many people took it literally a lot of it was really entertainment yeah not that it was good you know, but, but I it mean, was, yeah, it was in I mean, it's like an action movie for crying out loud. That's okay, what I fine. was just thinking. Yeah. 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 So it's like, no, we wasn't out here really doing all of this right. stuff. It was, right. it was entertaining. But if you listen to, so I, you know, being in Detroit now, I mean, not, let me just say this it's not just in Detroit, but, but just about anywhere, but you know, like sometimes I'm heading down to Loyola. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm and I got my music now. I'm I like I listen to different types of music every day. I listen to rap. I listen to classical. I listen to opera. I listen to Byzantine chant, Gregorian chant. I listen to rap music and Italian rap music. You know, Man, I just shuffle probably. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. It is literally crazy. But you know, sometimes I'm like I'm at a stoplight and I hear. You know, this is seven thirty in the morning. I'm hearing like, brah, brah, you know, shoot, <laughs> da, 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 da. and I'm like. Man, it's seven thirty, bro. Like it's <laughs> right. seven thirty in the morning. <laughs> right. This was got you hyped, bro. This is what, like, come on, man. Like, now if you gonna listen to this at seven thirty, and this you gonna go about the rest of your day. What listening. you gonna be doing at five o'clock? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we 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 just need to look at how are we helping to move our culture forward, especially as black men. And how are we doing that for our young black men? And I think that that is so much tied to our ability to be vulnerable uh, with each other. It, it yeah. is completely. Uh, yeah, man, we could probably do a couple of different episodes yeah. about this and just like break down different things because. Yeah. Because but, it, us as individuals, you yeah. and me, we can be more vulnerable. We, I mean, we can. And the yeah. topics of of how that vulnerability has an impact on our world, our children, and and our communities. Because if we don't if we don't do it, if we don't set that space, or right. or or stick out our hand to shake somebody's hand, right? In in that or, in that way, or then, pull it out, or pull yeah. it out. So I got to give this example because this happened a few days ago. So you know, <laughs> I had a lot going on. <laughs> okay, this evening, and. Um, you know, Jason, I think you called me or sent me a text. No, you called me. Yeah, and I, I saw you. your missed call. And I'm like, I know he's gonna ask me about that last episode and we're gonna pull it out. <laughs> I knew it. And it was like it was kind of like me wanting to like, I want to get into it with him anyway. So I'm gonna call him. So I called Jason. Jason's like, Well, I thought you was gonna put out that other episode. And I'm like, I'm like, I thought we were gonna record some more episodes. And he was like, are those two, you know, do those two relate to each other? And I was like, ah, I got really upset. 
Jason was like, I sense some hostility. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then we just kind of hung up or whatever. And I actually, the funny thing I was, I kept laughing about the way you said it was just like, it just it, it just, didn't come it, out like that. It, 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 it shut everything down. It was just like I sent some hostility. But anyway, I was like, I called you back and I apologized. Right. Right. Because I said, uh, no, I texted you. I was like, I, I apologize. You know, I'm going through this, that, and the other. And I thought, for me, when you said that, you pulled something out. Like you pulled the reality out. There was some hostility. Mm-hmm. And so I had to. In humility and vulnerability, just as you were in your humility and vulnerability, pulling it out, I had to say, recognize, yes, you you were right. And I think those are like healthy, brotherly relationships that we need to create. Um, And again, I am blessed with, you know, most of my men friends, we have these type of vulnerable conversations. And I think now I don't even know if I can have a friend that I can't have that vulnerability and it be reciprocated. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't even know if I could do it. Right. So so I think we also have as just as much as we're vulnerable, we have to be able to pull it out. But see, the, the issue, though, is like, you know, you just never know who you're going to be talking to yeah. these days. So the last thing you want is be like. Hey brother, you got and then you know yeah. you you lying on the ground, you yeah. know. Cause so because because there's levels to it. It's levels, and, and all the layers that get pulled back, you don't know who you're gonna discover as those la- as those <laughs> right, layers right. get get pulled I know, back. I know. He's so. you pulling mine, so <laughs> you saw you saw one layer. Yeah, yeah, but that's I think that that's good though, because I mean, you know, at the at the end of the day. The Lord is probably up there laughing, like, "Look at these two brothers just getting yeah, into it." Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. like they they're uh, they're finding their way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's that's yeah. what he wants. He's like, you know, in order to to get where he wants us to go, we got to go through some stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, there's that vulnerability is gonna come with some hostility. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So and and I in my men's yeah. group, we yeah. we would get into it about different things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it it made for the best of the relationships between us as a group exactly. and us as individuals. I agree. So, I agree. But yeah, man, we gonna we got we gonna have to elaborate on this one, man. Bro, this is this has been a lot, man. Yeah, a lot. this is a lot. This is a lot here. So we are gonna wrap up episode nine. Yes, and um, make sure y'all subscribe and check us out at the social media platforms that we got. We got a lot more stuff coming. And, um, a lot more stuff to talk about. It just seems yeah, like it's opening we, up, man. The onion is peeling it back. Is. Like, it is. It is. Wow. So we're looking forward to it. So yes, stay tuned to another episode of the Father and Father Podcast. Yes. God bless y'all. Peace. God bless. Peace. I thought us two could sit down and actually, yeah, put a podcast together and see see what happens and see who we inspire. Two men being black men, being from the city of Detroit, and being Catholic in itself. You put those together that. That's going to be rare. We want to just be two brothers talking and see what happens. You're listening to the Father and Father podcast with Father John McKenzie and Jason A. Smith. A Subtle Visions production.